As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Truth Wanted for 2021. I am your host, Objectively Dan. We back, baby. We took a little bit of a break for the holidays. Thank you guys so much for letting us have that break. We certainly needed it. Oh, my gosh. So many events have happened since last time we were uh, all live together and doing this show. Um, But we don't have time to talk about that right now because we got something really special cooked up for you guys tonight i have two guests coming in hot today two people one of which has been on the show before if you're a fan the other one uh is someone new to the table we got anthony magnabosco and ben g welcome to the show guys thank you thanks so much for having me on man good to be back yeah in case you don't know who these two wonderful gentlemen are anthony magnabosco my first guest uh on truth wanted ever wait that's second. right oh was well, I, well uh drew uh drew was just drew was i can't believe drew. i don't know this i can't it's i one of you two you, was the first it's, you did some pre-shows then uh yeah i remember we did driving the, up yeah i drove yeah. up to austin i remember i had a bad back injury i could barely walk i don't know if you right. remember that or not it, right. Yeah. So I drove up there, set, like there, and we followed the other show, uh, the Atheist Experience. Yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yes. And that was cool. Yeah. We did our, we did your first show. It was first awesome live show. Honor. First live. The first live one. That's right. You probably yeah. did like what, maybe five or six. Yeah, we did uh, for a couple of months. We did some pre-recorded shows, which you can find yeah. in the archives if you're interested. But, but you are the SE man, <laughs> Anthony. People know you for your street epistemology conversations, uh, and yeah. in particular, Anthony, you and I had a conversation five years ago, which is recorded on camera back when I was a Christian, and yeah. that is what we're going to be looking at today on the show. We're going to look at that conversation. And I've been talking about doing this 
since this show like started i was like we yeah. should do this thing like two years later we're finally doing it um, we're not going to look at the entire conversation the whole thing's 35 minutes long we picked four clips that we're going to look at mm -hmm. and joining us on top of that of course is ben g ben is the rising superstar se -er of uh tiktok he's rocking the tiktok domain right now <laughs> ben what's going on welcome hey. to the show thank you yeah i'm excited to be talking to both of you um I mean, in 2014, I was like one or two years out of college and looking for ways to have better conversations. And man, Magna Bosco just hit it, hit the nail on the head uh, for me. And soon after that, he had his conversation with you. And so, I mean, I, I'm just lucky enough. I've been able to watch uh, for the past six, seven years. And uh, Dan, you and I have gotten to meet in person mm -hmm. a few times now. Yeah. And yeah, I got a couple um, times at uh, yeah. different places. And uh, I'm just really excited that both of you guys get to be here for this episode. Like like I said, I'm really excited. I'm probably going to cringe a lot at my old self. Some of you guys are going to look oh. at this who are watching who haven't seen this and be like, that's the same person. And yes, it was you. the same person. See, when I watch my old videos, I cringe too. Because I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I see so many things that I... I were sloppy on or I missed a, an important something that maybe my conversation partner said. So... It's always a little awkward for me to watch my old stuff, even my new stuff. I I, yeah. I still kind of like cringe at it, but uh, it's I'll a learning you. thing. You know, I'm okay to. I'm okay to I that. couldn't. I couldn't even watch this just to pick out clips for this. I was having trouble. You can ask Greg, our executive producer. Yeah. I was like, Greg, I can't, this is hard for me. I I really can't. I've never. I have mm. never watched that video all the way through, ever, ever, ever. No never have. Never. Even have. before we met the second time. Even before we met the second time, never watched mm. it all the way through. Couldn't do it. Well, then yeah. I wasn't interested. But before we met the second time, it was still pretty fresh. Like I knew what I said, right? But like, anyway, we're going to watch this. It's going to be really interesting. And so yeah. today's show is going to be a little bit different, folks, because we are going to take calls, but we're going to do it a little bit later in the show because we want to take some time to do that. So feel free to call in, stay on the line. Um, but, you know, usually I take about 20 minutes to get to calls. We're going to do it a little bit later. And before we even get to the video, we have a special announcement through a video that we're gonna play for you guys right now. So check this out. Hello everyone, Mandisa Thomas here asking you to join the Atheist Community of Austin in supporting Black Nonbelievers, also commonly known as BN. In case you aren't already familiar with us, Black Nonbelievers is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Headquartered in the Atlanta area, we connect with other Blacks and allies who are living free of religion by providing a caring, friendly, and informative environment. Instead of accepting dogma, we determine truth and morality through reason and evidence. The mission of Black nonbelievers is to provide secular fellowship, nurture and support nonbelievers in coming out, i.e. open identification, promoting pride in the atheist slash secular identities, and organizing members for a variety of events and charitable causes. Black Nonbelievers welcomes all regardless of age, gender identity, sexual identity, national origin, and racial identity. 2021 will mark 10 years of us building community, increasing the representation of the Black non-religious demographic, and advocating for true religious freedom. And we need you to help us to continue and expand on our work. For more information, please visit our website at blacknonbelievers.org. Also, 
please do follow and subscribe to us on social media. You may find us at Facebook at Black Nonbelievers, on Instagram at B Nonbelievers Inc., Twitter at B Nonbelievers with the B and N capitalized, and YouTube at Black Nonbelievers Inc. Finally, we hope that you will join us in person or online for our major events, including this year's 10th anniversary celebration, which will take place from January 15th through the 17th in New Orleans. You can register to attend virtually for only $5. And of course, we hope you will consider a support donation to help make this the best hybrid event of the year. We will also be hosting the 2021 Women of Color Beyond Belief Conference in Chicago in September and BNCCon, our cruise convention in November. All safety and social distancing guidelines will be followed. So please donate to the link provided and do continue to support the great work of the ACA. Welcome to 2021 and I hope that we all have a great year. All right. And that's our special announcement. If you're watching this show live, you can actually donate right now. If you notice above the live chat there, usually it says you can donate to the ACA. Right now it says you can donate to Black Nonbelievers. So please consider doing that if you haven't already. If you're not listening to this live, we have links for that in the description. So please check that out. Um, really excited that we're doing that collaboration. And hey, uh, one of the people at that particular conference is uh, here tonight. Uh, so if you want to see more of Anthony, uh, yeah, check that out. You're going to be there for that. So That's right. Um, yeah, I leave there in about uh, six days, seven days. I get in an airplane. I'll head to New Orleans. I'm going to be as masked up as possible and uh, maybe one shot into my two. Hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping to get a shot, a vaccine, and uh, try to do that as safely as possible. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really pleased that they... Uh, that Black Believers invited me to speak at their conference. And uh, just, uh, I'm, I'm always eager to talk about street epistemology and uh, I've had nothing but great um, fun uh, with Mandisa and um, all, the, all the stuff that we try to do to try to normalize atheism across a variety of different communities. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I, I'm excited that you're doing that. So please consider supporting if you guys are interested. Um, but for yeah. now, we got some stuff to cover. Boys. I know. You, this is it. I'm, Let's get into it. I, I am not nervous when I do this show. I've, I Typically, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable speaking in front of the camera and stuff like that. I, I'm a little tense for this. Are you really? What's the most? This is, what are you? Because this is weird for me. Like, this is like, yeah. I don't identify with the person that this is anymore. You know, like, mm -hmm. I'm so distant from this person now. Um, and the stuff I say there is something that would never come out of my mouth ever in, in today. Like, but and there it is, you know, that's who I was. And mm -hmm. our conversation was really important to like who I am today I, in many ways. So, you know, I, I loved it. It was, it was, it was, yeah, it was one of my favorite conversations. Uh, I don't often interview two people at the same time either. So that mm -hmm. was a little bit more challenging for me, but I think these clips, it's going to be just more or less you and my, you and me talking, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it, was, so, it was a good talk. I remember, I remember having that talk. And if you look at the date that it was recorded and the date that it was uploaded, I think it was the next day. So that yeah. was like <laughs> I had more time, yeah. probably more energy, and I was just I thought it was a great talk. So I, I raced to get that out there. Yeah. So like I said, we're not going to listen to the full conversation. We got some clips yeah. selected for you guys, four in particular, and we're going to go ahead and roll with the first one. We're talking about some definitions here. Um, so let's hmm. go ahead and see what I had to say about um, atheism in particular. 
How do you define an atheist? How do I define an atheist? I would say uh, one who recognizes, I would say, gosh, because, you know, there's some people who are agnostic and I, I think that's different because they're still searching. I would say an atheist is someone who is sure that there is no spiritual or religious phenomenon out there that anything can be explained through the powers of science or like observable evidence. Uh, okay. Um, just as a side note, I respectfully disagree with your uh, okay. definition of that, okay. but it's, I don't think it's relevant to this point. Okay. Um, but you base this on faith, is that right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Definitions. Wow. What, is, what a bunch of fucking bullshit. <laughs> Really? I yeah, that's stupid. I would I hate that. I hate that I said all that. I sound I look look how hard I tried to sound so smart too. Like I don't know. I don't know. First well, of all, like I want to point out it, it, the reason I, I'm still rocking the church camp tan in there, you know, you tell I've been trying to work out and stuff like that. <laughs> like even just looking at myself there compared to now is just so I don't know. I don't know. Go ahead. You you guys talk. See, See, you, I have the advantage because in that video, it's just you and the other fellow. I'm not even yeah. in the shot. I don't cut away to another shot where you can yeah. probably see me standing there, maybe in dad shorts and uh, flip flops and probably a tan as well, you know, and a, and a baseball cap and all, and all that stuff. But uh, no, I, I, I honestly, I listened to that clip earlier today and I thought that's not really that bad of a definition for atheist. Like it kind of straddled the discussion about supernatural and the, uh, you talked about certainty and that type of thing. So, but it wasn't perfect, but I didn't want to battle with you about it either. Cause I'm not out there to battle, but I was like, okay, if I upload this video and I don't address this mistaken definition, at least, you know, my perspective, this definition of atheist that I'd probably get some backlash and you would probably get some backlash in the comments too, if I didn't address it. So I was like, let me just acknowledge that there was an issue with that definition, but I'm not going to really dwell on it too much. Go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, in that instance, you were uh, comparing atheism with uh, materialism. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm sure most people in the audience would know that, you know, atheists can have all sorts of spiritual beliefs that just yeah. don't involve a God. And so it's just like, it's interesting to watch you grow uh, in, and recognize that later on. And then Anthony kind of laying the little Easter eggs for the audience that, you know, would, would probably catch that. Uh, I realized that that was something that you did. Uh, once in a while you you even use the word uh wager in a in a, another instance just to key oh. us <laughs> so as, yeah, as a yeah. super fan i, I kind of I, I enjoyed uh catching those <laughs> i said a lot of things I, I i think what struck out to me in this particular clip was that i said an agnostic is someone who's still searching mm. how fucking presumptuous was that i mean like i i mm. like i think that was a reflection of the attitude uh uh that just Christianity was just like the answer, you know, that it was the conclusion that people should get to, you know, and um, I may have been more like it may have been more obvious in my speech there, but I think you see that a lot with people. Now, but also, yeah, that that conversation also, if I remember afterwards, we, we talked after that a couple of years after, and I remember you saying mm -hmm. that when I took the time to explain what I thought those words really meant, that you actually reported that that was useful. So that actually ended up changing the way I became a little bit more open to sharing my perspective and perhaps even gently correcting people on certain things that seem kind of like obviously mistaken, especially because of the audience watching and that type of thing. But mm -hmm. so like you've grown from that video, but I I've grown also it's helped mm -hmm. me improve and be more comfortable pushing back a little bit when somebody says something that, that just isn't quite right. You know, not only for the benefit of the audience, but for the person that I'm speaking with. And it sounded like after the fact, when we talked, 
that that explanation of how I saw those two words was actually helpful to you. Yeah, no, definitely. Your explanation of like your understanding was pretty groundbreaking in the sense that I had never heard anybody say that out loud or say that that was kind of their understanding. Um, <clears throat> what was the big thing? The big thing was like the differentiation between atheist and agnostic, like how those right. are really two separate it, words. It, so like. what we're talking about here for people who haven't seen the whole clip, because we didn't actually play this part, but right afterwards, you kind of, you, I had asked about your definition of these words and you were kind of hesitant to kind of <laughs> give me that. Um, yes. What do you mean by that word? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right, right, right. Which yeah. is something something that we talk about when we talk about SE conversations is how much do we talk about our own kind of beliefs and how useful yeah. is that? And to be honest, I still don't know the answer to that question. And my original take on doing SE was, oh, try to keep yourself away from it as possible. Mm. But looking at our conversation, that seemed to not be the case necessarily. I think no. I yeah. that, was a that was a shocking thing for me is that it actually seemed to propel the conversation forward because I did reveal my position and give an explanation for it. I think it ended up opening you up more to the discussion that we were having, which right. completely flew in the face of everything that I was told. And I was, I was attempting, I was purposely intending to not to, I was purposely intending to keep myself out of it because I don't want to influence my conversation partners. However, when you upload videos where you're demurring on questions that you're asked directly, it can, it could seem like you're holding something back and being deceptive and manipulative. Mm -hmm. But uh, so it's like trying to find that right balance of, you know, revealing your position, but not to the point where you're swaying anybody. Cause I don't want to, I, this isn't a persuasion technique from my point of view. Mm. It's a revealing technique. Mm -hmm. It's to help you reveal how you came to your certainty that this is true. So that was, I'm sort of a, a purist in that regard, but that, that was one of those, those keystone or milestone conversations for myself where, it, you know, it, it caused me to rethink the way that I was going about doing SE. So mm -hmm. if, if you have that good foundation of a working conversational relationship uh, with that person, you can kind of say, here's my understanding of this word and here's how I've heard people use it. That way you're, you're doing, uh, you're revealing your understanding, not necessarily that you think that the other person's using it wrong. You could even frame it as a question, like what would you think about a person who used the word this way? Might you agree with that? Or, uh, you know, how else could we use that? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no, yeah, that, that foundation of just being on a good page on the, on the same page and not being argumentative as you do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think as I was doing it, as I was doing SE more and more, you become more confident with uh, how you can explain your position in a way that it's not going to cause people generally to become defensive. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was great. It was great all around. I'm, I'm glad that that conversation happened for a variety of reasons. I wouldn't yeah, be here let's, I, if we hadn't had it. Yeah, for sure. And I want to go ahead and get to the next clip. I want to—I didn't um, say this earlier for those who are wondering and interested, but I'm—I'm I'm turning 25 this weekend on Sunday. I was 19 when we had this conversation. This was five years ago. Wow. So that's, See, that blew, that blows yeah. my mind, dude. Because my daughter just went to. She's at university now. She's yeah. 19. So th yeah. so. The thought of you know somebody approaching her or her stopping mm -hmm. to have a conversation with somebody that goes through my mind now. Like, would she be prepared to? How would she do if somebody asked her to stop and share her one of her deeply held beliefs? Probably so better than me. <laughs> Probably. I thought you did good, me. dude. I, I know, Slay. I thought you did great. I th like. I think I did the best I could for what I knew and for what I believed. I think I was sincere in my. Well, actually, I wasn't completely sincere. 
which we'll talk about and on one thing in a bit but yeah let's let's keep okay. going with this because we got a couple more i mean th- we got like three more clips we want to get through and i expected we were going to have a pretty lively conversation so i didn't pick more than four um but let's let's get to the next clip so we can keep talking about this okay what's your definition of faith faith would be uh an unhindered belief in something uh just having that 100 percent confidence like you said just being completely sure uh despite uh despite opposing viewpoints. Oh, okay. That's an interesting definition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My definition of faith there. I also want to point out, like, um, this was one of the rare times where you actually were doing this conversation live that GoPro um, That's true. That's was true. a live recording and not just a camera recording. So well, I don't know. If I, yeah. Uh, more or less, yeah. There, I had my phone, and I think I was periscoping or streaming. Oh, that's or what it was. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. periscoping. Um, and I don't, you don't do that anymore. But I wonder how much. I don't. I can't remember if I really cared about that or not. But it's something I, I thought was interesting. Um, I, I've, I've, I've noticed less resistance on the live streaming and the recording with younger people mm-hmm. at campuses and that type of thing, as opposed to older yeah. people who are maybe yeah, that, sweaty and they're working out and that type of thing. So, that yeah. makes sense. But okay, so yeah. my definition of faith. Let's talk about that. What do you guys think? All right. I, I wanted <laughs> An to ask. Belief. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask, like, if if you were knowing what you know now about how apologists define faith, mm-hmm. how how do you think your view of faith differed? Did you recognize at the time that you weren't hedging it at all, that you were just going one hundred percent belief, like on its own, or because um, oftentimes I hear, well, it's faith rooted in evidence, or it's faith rooted in other things. I can only speak to my because Christianity is such a broad spectrum of ideologies and upbringings. I can only speak to my upbringing, but I can genuinely tell you, Ben, I have never, ever heard my entire life as a Christian until I started going to the down the apologist rabbit hole. This idea that faith is based on evidence of any kind, period, like there hmm. I, I definitely heard like, oh, like Jesus demonstrated himself like through his miracles and stuff to people. And that's how they knew he was like the Messiah. Like I knew that part of it. But the idea of like, oh, we should give ourselves up to Christ uh, uh, based on this idea of faith. Like I had a very kind of I grew up. Uh, I've talked about this before, kind of a mix of Baptist and Methodist kind of theology, which is a weird mm-hmm. mix. But that's just kind of what it was. And like that was that was genuinely my idea of faith this idea of just putting your trust in something even if it doesn't make sense i can't tell you how many times i heard that from other christians um that was just definitely the status quo for me so i think when we we tend to hear these apologists now talk about faith being something else faith being this idea of believing something based on evidence that was not true for my experience at all i I, yeah Yeah. and I, i think at the end of the clip i said something like oh that's an interesting definition Mm-hmm. But there was nothing really unique about it. The 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 five people maybe that I interviewed that week prior to you that wanted to surface their God claim and they mentioned faith probably gave me something very similar. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a belief or, or there's a variety of different definitions of it, but there was nothing unique or shocking about your definition to mm-hmm. to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, like when we're doing SE, we at least I, I try to advocate for going with the definition. Like it wouldn't be my place to say, but Dan, that's not what the apologists say. Right, right, right. And I try and to go, I, I try, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I try to go with my conversation partner's definition because that's really all that matters. And at the end of that conversation, if it helps you realize that, you know, I better go find the better definition of that word. Let me go seek out some apologetic sites or whatever, talk to my pastor or my imam or whatever. And, 
mm-hmm. in that case, that's that's completely fine. Uh, yeah. But what's what's important is my definition isn't important when I'm having these talks. It's yours, absolutely, because you're the one that has the belief. You're the one that that is somehow justified that this is true. So I'm re- I was ready to roll with it. And yeah, I think I jotted good, it down and then I jotted down the other fellow's uh, definition too. And that's a good point because as you start to realize that maybe your definition is lacking, uh, I mean, I remember going down that rabbit hole of searching for answers and just every single answer that I found, I was just like, hmm, there are some real issues because you can look up each little part or each definition that you have or each belief that you have and find criticisms of it online. And it's like, wow, if a lot of really smart people still criticize this belief for these reasons, um, and then other Christians also criticize this belief from a different angle. How how strong is it? And and um, you know, I, I went through a deconversion a little bit uh, earlier, like near, near the end of high school. And so I remember just at that one moment, like all these contradictions just kind of went away uh, as soon as I realized, like, well, there might not be a God. And uh, but yeah, that that's a critical part of that process is just reevaluating your own, or even just getting to that point where you're open to reevaluating your beliefs. Absolutely. I, I remember my point that I was going to make with the um, conversation being live thing on Periscope, because um, mm. I, at the time of this recording, I was a student leader for my college ministry. So I think I felt a little bit of an extra pressure there to be on point with whatever I was saying. And mm. because I was like, oh, I knew that other people could watch this <laughs> and uh, you want to have that. I was only a leader for like one semester. Um, I like I was going through a lot the next semester, probably in part because of that conversation, amongst other things. And um, I don't know. I had some weird issues. Like, I want to say issues, but I let's just say I got in trouble because uh, I played a game of Cards Against Humanity, Cards Against Humanity with uh, my group one time and some other stuff, too. But it was just like no, not like <laughs> nothing that we would think is ridiculous. But to the, the you know, the Christian kind of evangelical world is a big no, no. Um, so there was that, that makes, but yeah, that, that makes me wonder, that makes me wonder if somebody would get flack for giving a definition that doesn't really jive with the group or something. Do you, I don't know. you think that's, can somebody have payback or like not payback, but uh, I, I, get some sort of pressure group, I where I, the group I was in, we had materials that we were encouraged to reference because I mean, we went out on campus and did, yeah. you know, had conversations with people and stuff. And so they wanted to stick with that as camp. But, but when you're in an organization like the ones we were at, they can only enforce that so far because at some point, you know, you're going to make exact definitions of beliefs and stuff. And they have their own statements of faith, but they also want to try to be as inclusive to as many different kinds of Christians as possible. So that means what? being limited in your, you know, ex- exact definition. That, that, that blows my mind, though, because like yeah. if, if you have the truth, it should be very clear. There should be no ambiguity about these terms. It but should be consistently communicated, Anthony, but not. That's, what is it that's not the game we're playing here, though. The, we're trying to win souls. All right. And we're trying to do it whatever we, you know, whatever means possible. And if that means if I'm going to talk to a Catholic differently than I might talk to a Protestant, you know. That mm-hmm. it is what it is. Again, this is like none of this is explicit. None of this is something they're going to tell you. But the goal was to bring other people to Christ. That was it. And they're going to give you yeah. reference. At least my organization gave you materials to do that. And um, unless I would get called out, there was there would be no repercussions for me to, you know, just um, go with somebody else's theology just for mm-hmm. sake of. As long as at the end of the day they admitted that Christ was their Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. right? The rest is just the rest is just details. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll but, settle uh, it later. 
Yeah. Settle it later. You figure it out. You'll figure it out with your walk in Christ. You know, it's more about the fundamentals. As long as you got the fundamentals, we'll worry about the other stuff later. Right. Exactly. Um, And arguably, depending on the Christians you ask today, I was never a real Christian because I didn't actually have the fundamentals. Um, But I'll let I'll let my audience here be the judge of that, especially as we look at our next clip. Here we go. Is faith as a process for arriving at something to be true with 100% certainty the most reliable way to get to that point? Reliable in what sense, I guess. Reliable to the point where you would be 100% certain that it was true. Uh, I think, I guess the best way to put it is, uh, you know, faith is such a personal thing. Uh, so it's going to be different for everybody. Uh, if it's 100% true to you, then I think you have every right to believe that. Uh, because ultimately, there's only so much we can do to to prove the existence of God or or of any religion, really. Like, like, okay, like you okay, did you get it back? Okay. True to you, Dan? True to you. True to me. Dan going subjective. Faith relativism, baby. Wow. I, I, I saw your friend kind of, if, if you watch the clip again, and, and I hope everybody takes a chance to, uh, takes the time to um, go back and watch the full video. Your friend kind of look, gives you this look. He's kind of like, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> like he kind of looks at, he, yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I wasn't a real Christian. Maybe I wasn't. Maybe, maybe this is um, something that other Christians would disagree on because I mean, I did see faith. I think I still think it's true that religious beliefs are personal but i don't i i would disagree with myself now in saying that well that doesn't mean that they're not left up for observation you were asking me i think in that moment what about my beliefs are you know observational to the point of like how how can i how can i be confident in the certainty of my beliefs yeah i uh, I think i was focused on the reliability of your method which i think you had identified probably obliquely as as calling it faith and yeah that's how that's how you could say you're 100 sure it's been Mm -hmm. a while since i've actually watched the whole thing too so i I do remember but you know when when you think about it you gave a subjective definition of faith and that's often how theists are really using it because you can use faith in a subjective way to make it true to you but you know because we i think largely view truth objectively today or you probably do, I would imagine, Mm -hmm. that uh, it becomes a little bit shocking to hear a theist say it. But honestly, when you talk to a lot of theists, that's often how they're using faith. It's a very personal decision. And uh, it's this trust that I've decided to put into this claim. And now I'm so sure that it's true. It In most of my conversations with Christians, excluding the ones with apologists, I, I have found this to be the case. Like the underlying assumption is faith is kind of this thing that you really can't touch, that it's just kind of, you know, something that's there, it's something that they can believe. And uh, you just kind of know, you just kind of know whether it's personal experience or, you know, usually it is personal experience. For me, it was personal experience. But like, I, I think that's true for all, like, I, I don't want to be broad and say the majority because I don't know that, but it's got to be a lot. Like it's got to be at least, I don't know, a third, a fourth, right? Like it just, ha- like just, just uh, based on my upbringing and I don't know, that, I guess I'm using a personal experience argument, right? But, but at the same time, like that is, I was in this world and like, that's what I saw. I, and, and I obviously came to this conclusion somehow, right? Like I obviously that came from something. So 
Yeah, I think that was a reflection of the culture that I was brought up at least. But, you know, Christians will disagree on that. They'll say, oh, no, faith is something we can know, you know, certainty through historical evidences and something like that. But that wasn't me. That wasn't how I viewed my own Christianity. So it's it's kind of like one of those things you just grow up knowing. It's like I know my ABCs. It was taught to me from birth. My parents mm-hmm. use the ABCs every day and it works like I, I can spell words now and I can do this and this. You do kind of the same thing with faith. It's just like everybody around me believes it when I pray for certain things. And I talk to my community who all also believes this certain things happen and mm-hmm. where people kind of fall off the train, you know, according to religious communities, it's, it's going to be more uh, because you didn't do things a certain way um, or, you know, that there's all sorts of different reasons, but it, it, it is something that you just grow up with and you grow up knowing that it's true, just like the ABCs or math yep. or anything else. Yeah. However, I think I think you you also grew up being told that it's virtuous to employ faith or to have faith. Yes, it's, it's a mm-hmm. noble thing to do. It's not something to shy away from. You you embrace it. You're told that you should take these things on faith, and you're you're directed to stories in in the book where it talks about how faith comes into play. So there, yep. it doesn't have the stigma that it probably should, but most people don't. I think realize it until they're questioned I, on it respectfully to explore with them. Right. I was definitely taught this idea that faith is like one of the most important things to have. It's important, like not, not just important for your relationship with God or whatever, but like for your own, like moral compass, even like, because my understanding of Christianity was that of a moral philosophy as well as a belief system. Like I did not fully understand how someone could be good without being a Christian. Like it, those those concepts were so ah, intermingled together for me. That's that interesting. I, I I had no way of separating that until later. And and the faith was a part of that. Faith was a virtue, right? Um, and you're right. There's tons of stories of the Bible where that is kind of the case. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. This whole idea of the moral the mor- the morality underlying the, the moral underpinnings of the belief and and how it's probably important to address those two when you're exploring these because you can probably help a person realize that faith as they're defining it is unreliable and they don't have any good reasons, but there's that last component that I'm good because I think that this is true. And if I don't yep. think that it's true, how can I be good? Yeah. Yeah. You have, you really have to address that. And one of the ways of course, is what you guys are doing here on these shows. Hmm. You're normalizing non-belief and you're saying it's okay to not believe. And if, if we can, if we can destigmatize, if we can make, if we can, <laughs> let people see that you can still be good without a God, all that other stuff as, as we see how fragile it is in these, these type of Bessie conversations, that's a really big one. And if we can overcome that and we have, you know, hordes of people just politely engaging with others, using this approach, we're going to make huge inroads. We will, we will do it. Mm. It's just a matter of uh, getting people aware of it and comfortable doing this. Yeah. And I mean, all three of us are here because we feel like we understand that the, deep implications of having these kinds of conversations, just saying, how do you know that when somebody says something that you don't understand, how do you know with the foundation of, uh, you know, good rapport and, and being honest in your conversations, how do you know that is, is like the best question. It's like, it's kind of like a mature, I was thinking about this the other day. It's a mature version of why, 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 you know, we're just basically adult kids saying, you know, well, why? Yeah. Why? Mm -hmm. And um, 
I mean, it's the most important thing. And if the recent events over the past few weeks have taught us anything, you know, whether, whether it's, you know, your uncle believes a conspiracy theory and they're willing to die for it or kill for it or, you know, and incite violence for it. I mean, th- these kinds of questions are, are uh, paramount to yep. civilization in a way and, on, on yeah. the grandest scale. <laughs> and, 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 you know, even if it's not, even if not questioning somebody is going to lead to the road to radicalization towards violence or something, right? Like, let's say, let's say Anthony never talked to me and, mm. you know, I, I don't know whether I would have been an atheist sooner or later um, based on that conversation, but I, it was definitely, I consider it a stepping stone for my path, at least, um, you know, I could be stuck in something that isn't giving me a full life satisfaction because I, I didn't have somebody that challenged me um, to question that um, because I couldn't have come to those conclusions on my own. And so some people, you know, when we talk about SC, the, the, the criticism is, oh, you're, you, you, why are you bothering people? You know, just leave them alone. And like right. you're saying, Ben, if any, if, if the last two weeks have shown anything, it's uh, people are going to believe things, whether we like it or not. And they're going to act on those beliefs, whether we like it or not. So I'd rather preemptively challenge people on what I think at least is important to know, right? Um, than to just let it alone. And like I said, let faith just be this personal thing. Because beliefs inform actions. And, you know, <laughs> that is going to either help or hurt people at the end of the day. So I'm glad that we're having these conversations. And I'm quite proud. I'm quite mm-hmm. proud that uh, we have the privilege to do what we do so um on that note i'd like to go to the next clip here last one that we're going to talk about tonight are you looking for something spiritual because most people they don't go on live streams doing stuff like right right Uh, yeah i know what why is he doing this what's his motivation so there's a lot of things there and i'm losing my train of thought um can you repeat it again so like besides the why are you doing this it sounds to me that you're still spiritually searching for something okay I'm not entirely convinced that spiritual things even exist, mm. but if they do, I want to know about it. Okay. Um, but I'm, I can't base a belief on faith. Mm. I wouldn't want, if I discovered I was basing any belief on faith, whether there was life on Mars or that there wasn't life on Mars or that I'm the cutest guy on this campus or whatever, if I discovered that I was using faith for anything, Personally, my confidence would drop from the 100 to probably the 3%. Because I recognize that people are using that method to get to all different kind of beliefs. Which is why I want to encourage you to maybe think about what instance could possibly ever exist where I can use faith and, and not conclude that it was true. Kind of a poorly worded question there at the end. <laughs> Did I confuse you with that question? I, I kind of confused myself. I'm just more blown away at just like I, I was so defensive. <laughs> like really? Oh, you could tell. You could just so tell. I was um, gonna say you started getting thoughtful. You had your you had your hand at your chin and you were like trying to hide you were trying to hide it. You had it just underneath, and then you put your hands together in front of you. And I think that's that's probably what you're you're feeling there. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, I, I never had a conversation like that before. Um, I think that's true for a lot of people who have like SE conversations, right? Like nobody's really been asked in such an eloquent and thoughtful way about their beliefs because like we do live in a culture that kind of just says like, oh, I believe in God. You're like, oh, good for you. You know, like we, we kind of blase accept some of these things sometimes. And I don't think, and, and, and 
nobody that I had ever had a conversation with on campus as, you know, doing that evangelical work um, ever talked to me like you did that day, because Mm. the people that would probably be able to do that may not want to talk to me in the first place. Right. Cause I'm a guy with the Bible going around on campus, but also the ones that I am talking to are probably just going to be more receptive to what I have to say, you know, in general, if they're even willing to have that conversation in the first place. And so that's another reason too, mm. by the way, why I decided to talk to you for as long as I did. Um, one, cause it was a genuinely interesting conversation, but also like my understanding was if we're going to like talk to people, like if this thing is real, then we should be able to hold up to, you know, the questions that were asked and stuff. And we should be able to hold up to scrutiny there. Um, and so it, I found it strange that other people didn't want to talk to you at the time because there were people that knew about you and didn't want to talk to you. But it was like, well, hey, really? if we're doing this whole evangelism thing, aren't we supposed to be talking to everybody? I guess they didn't think that you were a good actor in that sense. And so I think maybe that's where some of that wariness came from. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, it's like... It's yeah, lot, I think I talked know? to, yeah, there, there were several religious, I mean, students from religious groups on campus that I would talk to. I don't know if they were there. I don't, you were part of, we probably don't even need to mention their name, but yeah, you were one of many that I've talked to. And yeah. uh, I don't know if I ever really got the sense until later that people were being advised to not talk to me or war- warning people about me. Um, that, that was kind of new. Uh, I didn't really get that impression until a little, little bit later, but uh, I guess I, I liked that you... You wanted to know what my motivations were. And that's often a thing that we see people advising us to do lately. Like, mm-hmm. or if I'm going to give a talk, almost always I get the question, why do you do this? Yeah. So I think it's probably important for anyone that's practicing this technique with a, with a theist or anyone else, regardless of what topic you're doing, be prepared to explain why you're interested in their position and why you're, why you're taking the time to question a person in that way. Mm-hmm. Be prepared to do that because I think it's you, you need to be honest with people and reveal, you know, reveal what's motivating you to go out there and strap on a camera and flag people down and have those talks. I, th- I thought I thought it was a fair question, but I, I'm I, I do remember it may not have been during this conversation, but when I'm asked that question, I'm always I'm always a little leery because it's it's at the back of my mind. How are they going to respond to what I'm going to tell them? And is it going to close them down? Is it going to cause them to be defensive? Will they yeah. complain to the university and kick me off? You know, all that stuff is going through my my mind. Yeah, it's, it's challenging. Yeah, it, it's it is hard because I remember getting into it and thinking, man, what a great way. You know, the, the original book is a manual for creating atheists. Yeah. And, you know, how do we overcome that in terms of really it's a way of promoting critical thinking. And, uh, you know, for, for my foundation, I think about a, a society which reflects on its own beliefs on an ongoing basis. For instance, if there is good evidence for God, I would love to discover it and then share that. Yeah. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. until then, I want to make sure that I'm evaluating my beliefs on an ongoing basis and being willing, honestly willing to examine evidence and or, you know, adjust my my beliefs and then modeling that and mm-hmm. encouraging others to do the same. It's the single most important thing I think everybody can do um, in their capacity wherever they are. Um, and it's the way that beliefs and mindsets get spread. It, it's by sharing it uh, and, and helping others get into it. It's creating communities, which Anthony, you, I mean, oh my gosh, the communities that you've created, thousands of people joining, um, you know, well, it, to be it, clear, I didn't start, I didn't, I don't think I started any of those. 
Oh, it, with, the, with the exception of maybe a couple offshoot Facebook groups, mm -hmm. those groups were there, or people, other people created them. I didn't start the SE Reddit. I didn't start the the study group on Facebook or the Discord server or it, other people who were watching this stuff or reading the books or stumbling across the method got off their asses and did it. They they created yeah. communities. Now, yeah, maybe the videos funneled people. Like that was nice to have somebody, you know, uh, infrastructure to direct people to especially people that I would interview. <laughs> like, like if those groups were there, were there back then, there may have been one or two with a 500 people, but not to right. the point where I would even, even thought about advising Dan to go check that group out after that conversation. Yeah. So that the, the idea that those even like having those there now is great because you touched on something. You said like, it's so important that we do these kind of conversations and I totally agree. However, you have to keep in the back of your mind, how potentially destructive it can be to a person. Mm -hmm. and their views and their lifestyle and the friends that they have in college and their families. Yep. So that, that was, you know, when, when you have enough conversations with people and they reach out to you and they start sharing the difficulties that they are now encountering because of those conversations that you've had, that's when it really starts dawning on you. Like, okay, we need to be really careful about this approach and, and make sure that we're baking in an ethical spin on this whole thing. Yep. You're wielding a very sharp sword. Like, you, yeah, you, you can't, be, you can't be reckless with it. I, and I, having I, those communities out there, having groups like the ACA or Recovering from Religion, mm -hmm. those are all great things to have as a practitioner and somebody like trying to promote this. It makes me more comfortable promoting it when I know that there's all that other infrastructure out there to, to catch people. Yeah, I walked into college as a Christian. I walked out of college as an atheist. And, you know, that had consequences on my mental health, on my social health. You know, I, I don't. I, I I don't hang out with the same group of people that I used to anymore, you know, um, and uh, everybody around me that knew about this, because eventually, you know, this conversation and this story got out, you know, that that just changed everything for me. Um, and of course, you know, it I might be an exception to that because I was public about, you know, me coming out and, and saying, oh, this is how I am now. But like, I'm not the only person that's had their mind changed from se conversations uh yeah. and and you can find in lots of these facebook groups and stuff that we're talking about that other people have definitely changed their minds on this stuff and when you asked me we didn't have the clip of this if i was 100 percent confident in my beliefs and i said yes or you asked me how confident i was on a scale from one to 100 and i said 100 percent. and it turns out i wasn't and uh that has consequences when you figure that out too mm. so i i mm. do try to think about this because it's not just a well you're wrong and here's why bye. See you later. Have fun with your life. It's like, what do you do now? Cause I, there wasn't a group for, well, there was a group at, at that particular <laughs> campus, but like, I didn't know the ins and outs of these kinds of communities. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know who to trust to be can, honest with you. And they like, can be harsh. Like if you're in, yeah. if you're going in and you're just questioning, sometimes the college groups, you know, depending on who's in there and what kind of frame of mind they are, they can yeah. be pretty, uh, you know, cold, cold and prickly potentially. Yep. And so you don't know if you're going to feel comfortable there. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't identify with these people either. I mean, I grew up my whole life as a Christian. Suddenly I'm hanging out with these atheists and, mm -hmm. and atheists particularly have a lot of different political values than most of the, the <laughs> lot of Christians do. Right. Like, like that's a, that's a shock to the system too. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the each to, to adopt those beliefs, those take separate kind of, deconstructions that I was all kind of experiencing through college as a lot of people do um, during that time of their lives. But um, it was a shock to the system in the sense that I, 
I had to change everything, everything, not just a couple beliefs here and there, but really just the way I thought about how I was going to live the rest of my life. <laughs> and I, and mm. I wish people talked about that more when we have these conversations because yeah. that's what's so yeah. powerful. That's what's so powerful about your story is that we yeah. you know we saw you as a Christian, we see you now as an atheist and, and an activist at that. Yeah. And and uh, it's I think it's good for people to see that. But uh, I, I never got the sense that you sugarcoated the difficulties that came with it. Like this really, I think you know it, it wasn't that easy for you. You know, no. and I think I think. At, at the expense of you, to a certain extent, we are benefiting from watching your journey out. Hmm. And, and that was something, you know, I always thought like, hey, it could be kind of neat to like encounter somebody and we can actually see how they how they went end to end. And, and, and in a sense, we're kind of getting that with you. Yeah. Now, it's, of course, one one visual data point. There's lots of other people out there um, that I've talked to who who have made similar journeys out. But but it's it personalizes SE, which is great because I think SE is such a personal approach. Yeah. So like, yeah, it, it's just been really nice to, yeah, like it was really cool. Like I, I was the very start of that video, like I think I asked somebody, can you stop? And they said no. And then I asked you and they, and you said yes. If that other person had just said yes, I, I would have been busy interviewing them. Yep. And it was nice how that yep. worked out. And, so here we and, are. and, and to that point, like, all every conversation we have with people matters, right? All even even just the random Twitter fights people get into and stuff like yeah, that stuff's probably going to be less consequential than maybe in person conversations in general, right? But you still never know. You still never know. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think Anthony, you thought that you would ever have a conversation with me like this, or even ever see me again. Oh, like yeah. this? No, no. And then like, I mean, like you reached out yeah. two years later. We met again. We did an interview, and then we went out to lunch. And I think you said like, you know. What did you say? Something like, was that really more for me or more for your audience? I'm like, well, yeah. honestly, it was really more for the audience to see this yeah. kind of approach. But yeah. you know, I'm, I'm tickled that uh, that you're handling it so maturely, you know, and you're really kind of laying yourself out there, and everyone's watching. You know, you're not you're not under a microscope. I don't think. I hope you don't feel that way. But it, it's been a really good. It's been good for SE uh, yeah. to to see that journey out. Uh, yeah, it, it's. That that lunch was also interesting. I, I mean, it was good. It was it was neat to like talk to somebody. And, oh, mm -hmm. then you you were like, but now I want to get into activism. I want to do something about it. Like you 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 had this energy too, and you were talking about like you know, maybe I can do something with the ACA or answer phones. I'm like, oh, that'd be good. I can introduce you to a few people. Yeah. <laughs> then I, then I, but then I was like, okay, well, how much involvement do I want to get in here? I, like, I don't want to like mold somebody to be this activist. It's like, you know, Dan, you can reach out to me if you need me, but just you know. Go do your thing. I'll try to help you if I can. It was kind of tough to, to, to be honest. Like, how? What do I do with this guy? <laughs> kind of yeah, was going through my mind. Uh, I but don't know. It, it's been incredible. I figured it out, I guess. But I you figured it out. Part of the reason why I even do this is I I genuinely don't want anybody to go through what I had to go through in in just the loneliness and just the like the the sense of shame that i felt going through all the i mean just just doubting a sincerely held belief that i had for the entirety of my life um is one of the i i mean truly one of the hardest things i've ever had to do and i i imagine it's going to be harder for other people and and people are going through this right now i imagine this year people have deconstructed a lot of their beliefs about how they feel about society and politics and and uh, just uh, probably maybe their own faith in things i don't know but um my yeah. my thing now is like how how do we handle those conversations from here how do we help people you know 
um, from going down lonely roads where they can don't have to feel alone, where they don't have to be the only one thinking about these things. I didn't know about the ACA. I didn't know about other organizations doing their thing because um, that I, it wasn't presented to be as an option. And I, I want to try to give people those options now because, man, it sucked. It was really bad for a while. But, um, hey, start from the bottom. There's, there's even more options today, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, look, look at what Ben's doing on freaking TikTok. He's reaching a I lot know. of people. Uh, yeah, with it up. Younger, younger people, and he's presenting these complicated concepts very quickly with music, and he's entertaining. It's It's awesome. I love seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Well... We uh, have some calls that we should probably get to, guys. I'm really glad that we got to uh, do that. You guys didn't see uh, those that weren't on the actual rendezvous call, but the first call, the first clip, I was, I, I couldn't even look at the camera. I, I can't even look at this right now. It's so, it, it's so weird for me. But I'm really glad we had this conversation. We've been talking about doing this for a long time. Um, and so, yeah, those of you guys who've ever wondered about my story, how I even started doing this, that's it right here. Um, we, we got to talk about it and, uh, I'm, I'm really glad we did this boys. Thanks so much for, um, joining me for that bit, but are you guys uh, ready to talk to some callers now for the rest of the time we got? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Let's do cool. it. Well, before we get to the calls, I have something I got to do, which is thanking the patron of the week. That's right, folks. Every single week, I like to thank a special patron that donates to patreon.com slash truth wanted. And this week's patron is... Da, 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 Jonathan Hall. Thank you, Jonathan Hall, for donating uh, to Truth Wanted. All of the money that gets donated on that Patreon goes towards the ACA and help make this show. Uh, there's a lot of costs that go into making shows like this uh, in terms of equipment, in terms of paying the bills for a building that we can't currently really go into right now because of, you know, uh, pandemic and stuff. So, like, yeah, it really helps when you guys donate and it shows support. I'm a volunteer at the ACA. I don't personally receive that, and all the volunteers don't either. It, it really just goes towards making this stuff even better. So thank you guys so much for doing that. Now, I think it's time we get to some calls. Let's see. We got a couple of people here um, who uh, want to talk about SE, which is really, really cool. First, I want to talk to Keith, who is calling in from Florida. Keith, you're live on Truth Wanted. What's going on? Hello, Dan and Anthony and Ben. How's it going? going pretty good. good. Pretty good. A lot of feels today, but yeah, good feels. feels so. Well, first, I just want to say happy early birthday, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to turning 25. I think I'm going to contact Guinness Book of World Records because I'm pretty sure nobody's actually been that old before. <laughs> At least that's what I'm feeling right now. So, how many years of those were in 2020? <laughs> uh, hey, uh, you got me there. But uh, anyway, Keith, let's let's. What, what 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 do you really want to talk to us about today? Yeah. Um. So I uh, I love the uh, street epistemology approach that uh, we're seeing uh, you guys using. It, it's great. I, I've seen it in other places as well. What I was wondering is how would we go about using this approach if we're handling people who are doing things like essential oils and other holistic healing type things. Um, like, yeah. Mm. Good question. Mm. Well, with any SE conversation, it always starts with the person making the claim, right? So, you know, there's always, these kinds of questions are always going to be context dependent. Um, but, you know, if we have an example of saying like, oh, essential oils helped heal my grandmother's cancer, 
you know, that's something that you hear. It goes around. Um, yeah. Like actually, you know what, Ben, yeah. what do you have to say? I'm going to make the claim here. Sure. That we can do an SE conversation right now. How okay. about that? All right. Yeah. So Ben, I have this grandmother who was really, really sick last summer with cancer, but you know, we started rubbing essential oils um, on the spot where she had the can. It was skin cancer uh, on her shoulder. And um, it started to go away over time. And eventually um, that skin cancer was taken care of. So, you know, I, I really do believe in the power of essential oils. How exactly did the essential oils, uh, what's the connection between rubbing essential oils and uh, the cancer going away? Well, you know, I'm not a I'm not a naturopath, you know, I'm not an expert, but I I I do know that I think um, you know, we we have this reliance on on all these synthetic, you know, ingredients and stuff. And I I really think like just the natural ingredients were were a big part of kind of healing. You know, we don't get enough natural stuff in our bodies, and so I think that was really what did it, you know, just kind of healing and restoring the nutrients that the skin really needed. And, and I want to point out the first thing that you did there, you actually explained, no, I'm serious because a lot of people will say, okay, well, what do I do with essential oils? Keith, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Hey, so uh, the first thing I would do is just try to identify what exactly is the specific claim. Mm -hmm. So Dan did an excellent job uh, explaining exactly what the essential oils were doing. Um, I have, I've had sisters, my mom likes to buy this bio oil, costs way too much, right? She's just spending extra money. They don't know exactly what it does or why they do it. What I tend to get from them is just that it makes them feel good. And if I get to the point where they're recognizing maybe that they're, they're spending a little bit of extra money, that's basically where I've gotten to it. Mm. Dan, have you had experiences where people have actually claimed that the oil cures cancer? I have seen it posted on the internet for sure. Mm. Um, I have heard people in discussions talk about the curing abilities of it um, and how um, people just tend to feel better when they apply it to stuff. So I haven't personally had a conversation where somebody said it heals their cancer, but I've yeah. definitely seen those conversations happen. Um, so I tried to go that route. That was my choice. Um, but can anyway, I, can I just say uh, how cool it was to just observe that exchange and be like, <laughs> I, I, I'm just going home. I'm just going <laughs> to just going home. Well, just I also, you know, I realistically, they're not going to give you an exact, you know, step-by-step -step process of how it works. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they might deflect like I just did and say, Oh, you know, I'm not an expert on these things. Um, but I've, maybe they'll say, Oh, there's studies that have been done on it. Or they'll say, I, I heard this from a story, you know, or, you know, I, I saw it happen for myself. So I know it works, you know, and there's, if I wanted to mitigate harm, Keith, I might even say, would you use this oil instead of seeking, um, you know, Western treatment or, or what we what we consider modern medicine? And if they're saying, no, I'm, in, I'm looking into this as a extra, you know, if I don't, I don't know, I, I tend to go along the as long as it's not creating harm, I almost kind of drop it, mm -hmm. especially if it's making them feel good. Um, do, do you have anything specific that's going on um, that you'd like to share that maybe we could tackle specifically? Uh, not at the moment specifically, but um, my family is all into all of the homeopaths, um, yeah. essential oils, lucky rocks, uh, theta healing, all of that good stuff. Um, yeah. My mother is even working for a pharmaceutical company or a company that's claiming to be a pharmaceutical company that is selling medication that's like uh, endorsed by the Trinity network. 
<laughs> you know, I to, to Ben's point, like, yeah, yeah. I think Ben was basically saying, like, how much of my time do I want to invest in this? Is it really causing any harm? And uh, yeah, you can really kind of ask them if it's worth your time pursuing. Like, if you realize that you were wasting your money on this yeah. stuff and it really yeah. wasn't giving the results that you think that it was, would you would you want to know? Do you would you like to be able to use that money elsewhere? Or are you okay spending money on something that may not actually be achieving what you think that it is? Mm. And then you can let them set the parameters. And they say, well, yeah, I don't want to waste my money. I'd rather spend it on coffee or something rather than this stuff if it didn't work. Then that could be the green light to proceed with them. Yeah. So, and then uh, you ask the general, you can be general with it too. Like you don't even have to be super, because if it's going to raise those defenses, I would even just ask like, well, how do we know what's the best effective treatment in terms of health? Like what, what methods do we use in general for that? You know, like you don't even have to ask specifically about essential oils because as presumably, yeah. you know, I, I, the, the, the case that I found is I've never met anyone that's completely relied on essential oils their entire life, right? Usually they get into it at some point in their lives, but most of the time it's not their entire life. So if they've used traditional medicine before, you know, like, the, and, and they can at least advocate the effect, I don't know, the effect of it's like, uh, like, um, gonna say like tylenol or something right like then we can at least make a compare and contrast case of how do we know that this works versus that you know um is personal experience going to be the motivator here and if so you know is that going to be the most reliable thing um like you're saying it's context specific context dependent but um yeah hopefully we gave some good advice we were kind of um all attacking it in different ways here but uh, i like our answers (laughs) We did. If I could just add one more thing about the essential oils thing too, is it's a really good example of how people can really fall in love with their beliefs and defend them. So somebody yeah. who just occasionally goes out and they put it in there, maybe they drop $20 a month, they may be more open to looking at their belief, but if they are selling it and they're, they're building a small business mm-hmm. and then you ask them their questions, they're going to likely be more defensive. It's a great example of how we can really start protecting the beliefs once we realize what's at stake because of it. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's a good topic to really practice SE on because it's probably not the end of the world for them or that detrimental unless they're really invested in it. You can practice on it and you could perhaps even teach them how to think about their conclusions because a lot of people I think who are into that stuff also have other beliefs that they are, that, that are worth exploring, maybe mm-hmm. even religious beliefs. So if you found yourself, uh, Sometimes there are some topics with the people that we love and who are in our lives where we just don't touch it because it's too sensitive. This could be a really safe topic like horoscopes, karma, essential oils. As long as they're not too invested in it, it's a great topic to to practice your SE skills with on something that isn't quite so so uh, defensible or something that somebody would really want to protect. So it's a good example. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, for sure. We got um, some other calls that we need to get to now. But Keith, I want to say thanks so much for calling in. I hope we gave you some good advice here and uh, look forward to hearing from you again soon. We have um, two other callers on the line that I want to get to before the end of the show. So both of you guys stick on because we're we're some chatty fellows. And I think that we're going to fill up plenty of time with these next two conversations, especially with this next topic. Um, cause this is Carpe Diem calling in from Colorado with, uh, some pretty interesting thoughts. So Carpe Diem, you're live on truth wanted. What's up? Uh, hold on a second. Let me get out of my Bluetooth here. I want to make sure you guys can hear me well. Hello. Can you guys hear me? 
I yeah. we can hear you can just you hear fine, Carpe. Welcome back to Truth Wanted. What's going on? Hi. Um, so first of all, I love SC. I'm a part of the SC server on Discord, so shout out. Uh, and I really think everybody that's interested in SC should join up because it's a really good way to practice it and also see it in practice uh, outside of the YouTube videos. Um, and we, we often give feedback on the spot, so I just wanted to give a shout-out for that. Um, so um, Anthony said something earlier uh, that kind of, I guess I took a little bit of issue with, which is that it's not really a persuasion strategy. And I kind of agree that it doesn't have to be, and that often when we engage with it, it it's a good way to think of it as it not as like honestly not trying to persuade the other person, just really having an open conversation. However, I think that most of the time when when you are doing it, if you're honest and most of the people who are doing it are kind of doing it with like an attitude of like, let me make sure this person uh, is on solid ground. And in doing it, it ends up being a situation where you kind of feed uh, just so doubt, right? And then in doing so, end up, if not persuading the person towards a certain goal, you end up persuading the person away from something, away from a badly held belief, right? And I, so I, I don't think that it's fair or honest, completely honest, to say that it's not often used as a persuasion strategy. I would even say go as far as saying that it's an attack strategy, right? It's a good way to attack a badly held belief, Uh and in that sense, I think it is persuasion. Even if it's not persuasion towards your belief, it's persuasion away from a badly held belief. Uh, would you disagree with that? I'm really glad that you brought that up because we talk about this a lot. If you're in the SE Discord, you no doubt have saw, we, you've probably seen discussions about that. I think we've even created a channel in that Discord server for ethics. And uh, I pop in there frequently and I see that comes up a lot. I think, yes, you can... I, I don't advocate for using SE as a persuasion technique to get somebody to come around to my side, but you can do that. You absolutely mm -hmm. can't use SE. I mean, it's, it's very effective in helping a person realize that they don't have good reasons to justify their confidence that what they think is true is really true. And that can result in belief revision. So you can go out as a warrior for SE to just correct the world on all their mistaken views. I suppose mm -hmm. you could do that. Um, but I suppose... I, I guess I'm I'm of the position that you should try to be open. Like maybe essential oils really do have some medicinal benefit to go back to my previous caller. Um, I do try to stay open to it. However, like when I was talking with Dan, I'm an atheist. I don't think gods are real. I don't think faith is reliable. However, like I, I would still stick in with him on that conversation uh, because he may be right. And I want to come around to his view. However, if he can't justify it, I want to help him realize that so he can probably lower his confidence on his own, not necessarily to come around to my view, but maybe it inspires him to go back to his group and say, this dude asked me lots of questions. The video is out there. What was the, what is the better definition of faith? What is a better reason to give than faith, for example, or, or a more reliable epistemology or method? So like, I, I'm optimistic that SE doesn't shut the conversation down so that you come around to my view. Yep. It's, to open people up so that we get together and we, and we communicate. Mm. So, uh, so, so I agree with that. I agree with that. It's, it's a, it's a listening and questioning strategy by a Socratic mm. method to help the person induce their own questioning within. Right. So it's almost like you're trying to in like the whole inception thing. You're almost trying to get into the person's head 
to make sure the person thinks for themselves about why yeah. they are thinking right. what they're thinking, right? Yes, so we're on the same page about that. What I'm saying is that 90% of the people who engage in it are engaged in it as a way to like induce questioning of other people's beliefs. Do you really, do you really hold that it's not a, uh, a way to persuade away from a badly held belief? I, I, I want to think about it like this. If, uh, if I can talk about it too, Anthony, unless yeah, you have yeah, a response, but like, sure, yeah. like there are, there are a lot of scientists out there that pursue particular research topics because they hear claims about, you know, things and they want to know the truth about something. So they're going to use the scientific method to figure out whether that belief is true or not. And they're going to publish the research on that, um, you know, based on what they find. And I think there's some similarities there when we talk about SE because yeah, scientists are people too, and they have interests and they hear things and they want to know stuff. And so they like, kind of like a scientist, we're using this method to figure out the truth claims of other people and and what they're saying is can't you use it for an agenda i don't know can you use the scientific me method for an agenda if it, if it if it discovers something true i mean yeah it's potentially there are people that you know pay off different scientific groups put up different publics and stuff and, and of course like we're people who practice this method so we have our own reasons as to why we might employ it in one particular conversation or another but if the if the method is truly objective if the method is can truly be used by anybody regardless of their belief uh, it, you know in any particular deity or, or or not even that you know any kind of claim then i i don't think it's bad to 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 think about it as something that you can use, you know, period. Um, like a strategy implies that there's an agenda. We're using SE to fulfill an agenda. And if I, I try to think that my agenda is to figure out the truth, but, you know, some people might not believe me when I say that. And if, I don't know. If I, if I may interject, my so, typically okay. I, I try so, to set my agenda so, as... Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Carpe. Because because I want to I want to hear Ben's thoughts. No, no, no. First. no, no. I want I want to hear I want to hear from Ben as well. Go ahead, yeah. Ben. You go for yeah. it. Sure. I was gonna say I typically set my. We're also nice here. Um, <laughs> for people who do see, yeah. Go. You go. Yeah, you go. I, I typically try to set my agenda as understanding how a person came to a belief. Yeah. I typically don't come at it from a point of view of my goal is to lower their confidence, and I had yeah. to evolve on that. I think originally I got into it because maybe I was thinking that way, but then I adjusted to. If I can understand how they came to, to that belief uh, and we go on that journey together, I think that's much more productive because yeah. then they are thinking about it the same way I am. We're on the same page and we both potentially grow out of that. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, if I don't change my position, at least I've learned how they come to their uh, view. Mm. Yeah, I think I think I think we are in agreement. So I, yeah. I, I, I agree that that's the right attitude. Let me, let me talk to this person and see if I can be convinced. Let yeah. me talk to this person and see if they, can, if they can convince themselves. So I'm right there with you. What I'm saying is, whether, while that might be the message we might want to send, mm -hmm. that if you watch SC videos online, a lot of them have the flavor of, here, you're wrong about this, and you're, you're being convinced by yourself that you're wrong about this kind of scenario, um, most of the people who are even involved in it may, after the fact, feel as if they were persuaded, even if they weren't, in, if the intention wasn't to persuade them per se. Um, mm. So I, I'm just going to say, like, it's a, it's a persuasive tool, even if you don't realize it. So I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say, mm. it's an attack tool. It's a tool designed, it's a, it's a tool designed to attack a belief, right? 
in to, some to make ways. sure the belief is held well. You want to attack the, Would yeah. you agree with that? If I, yeah, if I uh, to go back to my metaphor, if I'm using the scientific method to prove my point, does that say something about the flaws of the scientific method, or am I speaking to the valuableness of the method itself to make a statement that's fair. about something? Right, like I, I, that's how I tend to think about it. Because, yeah, like okay, I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not too hot on essential oils, so I'm going to use scientific arguments against that because that's what's convincing to me. And I think people are convinced by the SE method. Um, but I, but like Anthony's saying, like Ben's saying, I think people can equally be convinced by this and you don't necessarily have to have an agenda to even think about it like that, I guess, but you do have to value the method. You do have to think that it's useful and, and reliable in some I think ways. It's kinda, I, but, I think it's uh, a little interesting too, that, uh, we're actually trying a little persuasion here too. I like, we're trying to like right. justify our position and maybe, right. Um, you persuade somebody who thinks that it's persuasion that it's really not or something, but there's a couple things that I I've noticed, like I'll, I'll engage with a lot of theists who say, you don't believe in God. Oh, here's this book that you should read that will convince you. It's mm. being offered to me to persuade me to come around to their view. And I have to always tell people, please don't give me what you think I'll find convincing. I want to understand how you became convinced. Yeah. And, and by that, it, it, it shifts from persuasion to taking me through your process. Now, the end yeah. result may be them realizing, oh, shit, I can't justify this view to myself. And boop, the light bulb goes off, the seed is planted, the journey begins, and then the communities like us are out there, you know, if it's a God belief or something. Right. Um, that, that, I think, is the difference. And the other thing, yeah. too, is, is uh, we're not saying, hey, atheists, we've got this great tool just for us to use with theists. I want right. theists to learn it as well so that they can use it with me because ultimately I think it's a process of elimination of identifying unreliable epistemologies and bad reasons so we can set those aside and we can look and see what's left for yeah. the both of us, all of us. So it is, it so, is a, a, so it, on that, on that, I totally agree, Anthony, it, 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 but that's my point. It's a tool to attack a badly held belief, right? So, so what I'm saying is that you are trying to, make sure the person themselves feels uh, well about what they were like, can I justify where I stand on? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I agree with that. What I'm saying is that, okay, I'll, I'll ask you two simple questions and you guys can either take turns or ignore or whatever. So do you feel that the community of SE uh, uses the tool without the intention to convince people away from a badly held belief? Or do you think that that's an accurate description of what the community is doing? But, but before we jump into that, I, I want to adjust the phrasing. I'm not attacking the belief necessarily. I think a lot of people may. It's about attacking the epistemology. It's about attacking the method. Sure, sure. If, if you want to, if you want to adjust the yeah, target yeah. of the attack, it's not the belief sure. itself. I'm glad you said that because I was actually going to say the same thing. If you think of that triangle, that pyramid, like yeah, we're mm -hmm. a little bit interested in the belief, but it's the reasons mm -hmm. and the methods that we're focused on. So when you attack attack i hate that word attack because yeah. I, I, I don't i don't think i'm attacking me off you. Too. it's we're I'm, not I'm, using I'm, se like as a series of rhetorical questions to answer someone's arguments it's it's who, yeah it's who's done that before i don't know yeah 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 but um you'll have to so, i guess i guess my language my language is because it because even the even the attitude is meant as a passive attitude of like I want to understand why you understand. So using the word attack might seem the, like the wrong word, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like you're forcing someone to defend themselves on what they believe. And in doing so, 
you may shift uh, their confidence in their belief. So in a way, it's an attack because you're forcing them to be defensive. So that's all I meant. But my hope would be that anybody not the best forcing them to be defensive. My, well, the last my thing, hope, yeah, the last thing I would want is my conversation partner to be defensive. And I would say I'm suggesting maybe targeting would be better than attack. Like, but I'm we're not targeting the belief. We're targeting the the reasons and methods which have implications for the belief. Like the belief can tumble. My my well, my confidence that the belief is factually true is really at stake but it's not the target. It could be the result of targeting reasons and methods. But I can see how Understood. when you watch video, when you watch videos and you see theists, like, well, Dan's a great example. Like, oh, I don't know if I have a good reason to hold this anymore. It has implications for the belief that I thought was true and the, the crowd that I'm hanging around with and all this other stuff. But again, like, I think the solution is to be as open with what this tool can do with our conversation partners at the start but also encourage other people to share their views, to learn the tool so that they can question me about my position. So it, oftentimes, th here's the other thing. Like I think a lot of the examples in SE are one way, a dude with a clipboard saying, okay, Dan, okay, his friend, give me your reasons, give me your methods. This is like at you, at you, at you, but it, it can be a back and forth. And with that and all the other stuff that I think that we've mentioned, I think it, it, it has the, it, it allows you the option of taking it out of the realm of persuasion but it still could be, let's, let's be, let's be, you know, this is a tool. Anyone could pick it up and say, I'm intentionally going to go out and speak with this demographic to help them see that they don't have good reasons and methods yeah. for their belief. And it's, it has implications for their, their confidence in their claim. Yep. And it's, I can't it's murky. I can't speak to the community as a whole, but I can say at least for this show, there's a reason why this isn't called, um, I don't know, atheist experience wanted or whatever. I call it the truth wanted because I didn't want this to be a purely atheist show. I've wanted to talk about all kinds of stuff. And so far we've been pretty um, successful with that. I think um, it, because I, that is my intentions. At least I want to know what people believe and why all across the spectrum. Um, and so again, I don't, I know I can't speak for everybody else, but that's what I've tried to do. At least there may be some bad actors that don't want that, that maybe think that this is, Oh, just a way to get more atheists in the fold. But um, I, I have broader interests um, than just, you know, that because that that even in itself is problematic because I don't want more atheists necessarily. I want more people thinking about why they believe the things that they do and shedding ones that they find that they, you know, can't justify to themselves. Yeah, that's why I left my belief system because I couldn't justify it for myself, and I'm thankful that somebody talked to me about it. So, yeah, yeah I'm, but I'm also biased. Well, I, I benefited from it, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I called. I'm yeah. glad I called because if it, if nothing else, this can be clipped as a as a anti as a as something that people can point to to say, no, SE isn't some sort of a um, you know nocive you know I'm trying to get you uh, thing necessarily. It's, it's, it's really just a way to communicate with somebody else about where they are. Uh, personally, some of the best FCs I've ever been involved in were, had nothing to do with religion. Uh, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I loved when at the end, the person turns it around and does it on you when they have themselves practices on it. So I'm with Anthony on that. That would be super cool if more people will engage in it, you know, period. You know, um, I, just, I guess what I'm coming from is that when you engage in it, um, for the most part, you are trying to, like the, the, I guess, if you have the attitude of like, I'm open, let me just have these questions, I might even be convinced, that's great, and I wish more people had that attitude. 
But yeah. the line of questioning, like even like the, the the setup that we were taught on how to do it, even on the server or by Anthony on the lectures that I've said, the line of questioning seems one that is designed to dismantle, uh, dismantle, um, well, not dismantle, but make sure the person is 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 being supported by columns which are sturdy, right? And if they aren't, what you I mean, you know, a good belief survives it, right? A, a, a good, well-held belief that has good evidence survives the attack, right? So you know, it'll just be called detargeting that if you want to use that word. But one that isn't will will suffer from that, and you end up the end result is that you persuade the person away from their belief, even if not towards something. And so that's why I guess my analysis of it is that it's not necessarily meant to be like that, but at the uh, the often result is that you move the person, right? Uh, at least you would want to. Uh, if you, that, well, hold on a second. Are you moving the person or is the, are you moving the, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't interrupt. That's a bad SE uh, uh, thing. But <laughs> no, 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 I agree, I agree I already, you. Uh, you're, not, you're not really moving the person, the person is moving themselves, but you're the, you're the yeah. agent that's, in, that's causing the conversation to go in that direction. So, mm -hmm. so I think it's fair to say that the end result is if the person does have a badly held belief, you are persuading them away from it. Uh, I guess persuasion is convincing someone of something. And if you are the one initiating the conversation to, that causes the person to be deconverted, de I guess, from where they are, in a way, I mean, that's, for me, that's definition of persuasion because you're moving the person uh, from their position. Uh, and which you should if they're, they have badly held beliefs. And, and we need more of it in society. I just, mm -hmm. I guess that's, what I'm, that's the way I saw it. But I want to be honest with you that you guys moved me a lot in this conversation, and it wasn't an SC conversation. But uh, I feel I feel uh, a lot better about, particularly what I loved was what Anthony said that to have the attitude of going there perhaps to be convinced by somebody else, uh, yeah. and I think that that's that's that was powerful. So I really appreciate that. Absolutely, Carpe. That's all the time we got for uh, this call in particular. But I'm I'm really glad that you brought this up because this is a, like in. I mean, we've talked about this before, Anthony. Like, this is one of the most important questions we have to ask ourselves when we do SE. I think anybody, anybody who's who's really interested in this method, you really got to ask yourself this um, because when I first talked to you, look, a guy on a campus with a camera trying to talk to you about their beliefs. Gotcha. Question. Like, it's just is like, and 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 if I hadn't been as open-minded to that conversation, I might not have thought well of you. In fact, kind of in those clips, you can kind of see I'm like almost accusatory in my tone of saying, what are you really doing here? <laughs> right, right. Which, which, uh, of course, taking the time to explain, uh, you, and I've really come a long way since that interview too, where I probably just said, hey, do you have, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how I asked you and, and explained what I was doing. It's been an, an evolutionary process. If you look at my older stuff, I was out there with a sign saying, do you think prayer works? Let's talk. <laughs> so it's really evolved to, I've, I'm doing this thing called street epistemology. I want to ask you some questions. It may cause you to reflect on your belief. It may impact your confidence. The, it, you get to pick the topic, all this stuff. So it's really been this evolutionary process to the point where, and, and I'm so glad that this person called because ethics is a really big part of it. We're yeah. in the process now of design, try designing a course for street epistemology to teach this. We recognized really early on and the community who gave us suggestions, I can't tell you how many people said, please cover ethics, please cover ethics. Ethics will be in there. It's crucial mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's gray. It's very gray. But I think that the more diverse people that we bring into the community who are learning the method and helping us perfect it, the easier it will be to say that this 
that I'm not trying to direct you to my position. It's really just to try to get, get rid of faulty reasons and methods. And we see what's left. And then we see if our confidence is really justified mm-hmm. for that particular claim. And that benefits humanity. So like, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's like, what else can we, I don't know what more we can do. I, I know we probably want to move on to the next caller, but yeah, I'm belaboring uh, the point. Well, I, honestly, we don't even have time for the next caller. <laughs> we just got, we oh. just had that time for one really, but like, but yeah. I, I keep okay. going back to this metaphor and maybe you find this problematic, but like if it, if a scientist is using the scientific method to find something and they co- become convinced of something from that method, is the scientist doing the persuading mm-hmm. or is it the method? You know, and we, I think in SE, we're asking other people to engage. We're almost like scientists asking other scientists to engage in this method with us and see if we found, uh, you know, our, our methods of probing, as it were, to be uh, reliable ones. And, and to give us, you know, true information about the world, um, because I, I, it does come down to the method more than the person. I, if you had asked the same questions and you had motivations to make me a, a better believing Christian, you could you could still arguably ask those questions to me because I'm still going to want to know the answers to those questions. So I, I have no problems with um when, when people ask like, oh, like, is this an attack? What's going on here? Because like at the end of the day, people are asking questions that need to be answered anyway. Um, and it's not going to be the questions that convince us, but rather what answers we finally settle on uh, when we, you know, figure it out at the end of the day. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't know. I figured out some answers. Maybe they're not right, but that's why I have this show. So people can tell me <laughs> if I found the right ones. Right. So, but um, that's it guys. That's all the time that we really have for tonight. Um, I, <laughs> I knew that we were going to be some, some chatty fellows, um, but uh, yeah, we, we killed it with just two calls. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's great. I love it. This was really, really awesome. Um, thank you guys so much. Um, I want to give you guys a chance to plug your stuff so that people can find where you're at. Ben, why don't you go ahead and go first? Sure. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Ben G S E. Uh, yeah, there they are right there. You got underscores between uh, each of those. I'm also on the atheist Roundtable. You can find us on uh, tart.live is the website. And we're also on YouTube. Um, on that show, I get a chance to practice a little bit of SE, usually near the beginning of a show where we have a person on of, you know, whichever uh, persuasion. Uh, and I'm able to, you know, kind of go through an epistolo- uh, epistemological framework with them. And then the other guys on the shows, we all have different personalities. And it's it's definitely a roundtable uh, of uh, every kind of atheistic personality that, that you're, you're probably aware of. So, um, yeah, definitely check all of that out. Thank you. Yeah, I highly recommend that show Tart by Tart, as well as his, his TikTok channel is amazing. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm, sometimes I get a little salty on Twitter, <laughs> which kind of contradicts my SE style. But, you know, I'm trying to be more authentic and more, more, more honest and open about my own views because, like we talked about earlier, I'm comfortable doing so. But, yeah, if you want to learn about street epistemology, head to streetepistemology.com. You'll find links to resources, communities. There's blog posts. It's really a great first place to start if you want to learn anything about this method. But the best thing I think is really just watching a couple of videos, watching shows like Dan's, and then uh, practicing and getting comfortable to the point where you start practicing, like nibble at it a little bit, ask a couple of questions. It's not that hard once you 
learn to take your ego out of it and focus on the person that you're speaking with. And uh, thank you so much for having me on, Dan. It's been a real treat. I mean, this this blows my mind to see like almost like this multi-generational thing going on with SE. Well, uh, Ben and I are around the same age. You, yeah, yeah, we're, we're on the other cool. hand. That's what it is. I think, I, I don't know, you know, multi-generation, but yeah, different generations, different people getting into this. It's I, I'm so happy uh, from doing this with you guys. And uh, I'm looking forward to even more conversations about it in the future. Um, but for now, it's my turn. And if you, uh, first, I, I need to give a shout out again to the Black Non-Believers um, uh, collaboration that we are doing with uh, the ACA. Please, uh, if you're watching this live, uh, donate to that. Um, Mandisa Thomas is really awesome and they're doing some really cool stuff and check that out. There's links to that in the description as well if you want to know more informa information. But for now, there's a couple different ways you can support the show. The first one is, of course, patreon.com slash truthwanted. Again, uh, that helps make the infrastructure of this show happen and be a thing um another way to support the show is through our merch hello uh i've i've forgotten to plug our merch once or <laughs> twice uh in the past but hey we're still selling masks if you're into that i hope you're into that and also uh hoodies and shirts and and all kinds of other goodies so please check that out if you haven't already links that in the description and um, if you're watching this show you're probably watching it on youtube you can give a like and subscribe but you can also find this show on itunes spotify or wherever else you get your podcast. And if you're doing this on YouTube, of course, you can become a member, uh, which is another way to um, help support the show. You get little emoticons, stuff like that. It's really, really cool. Um, and we do appreciate it here. Um, and if you want to contact me, I'm on Twitter at Objectively Dan, or you can email the show. It's truth at atheist-community.org. Um, and that's a good way to get in touch with me. Of course, I would be remiss if I did not thank the wonderful, fantastic, amazing, awesome, super cool crew that helps make this show happen every single week that we're live. Look at all the people. Look at all those beautiful those thinking faces. Look at that. Look at that pose. <laughs> they got that's lights. a pose right there. Uh, Puck is shaving for some reason. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he's shaving off. There's not a lot there. But um, <laughs> hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, um, guys. Ben, Anthony, thanks again so much for being on. Any last comments before we wrap it up at the end of the night? Oh, um, I should say by the way, don't tune out just yet because we got the Discord conversation happening on the after show. So if you really like this, stick around. We're gonna go on Discord. We're gonna talk to you guys. So uh, stay tuned to that. But anyway, um, last thoughts, guys. What do you think? Oh, I guess I'll go. Um, it, it, it's a, it's, it blows my mind like to, to see where we started and now where we're at and then think of where we're going. Mm -hmm. And it's just, a, it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's fulfilling. It's, it's really fulfilling to be a part of something that seems to be having a really positive impact on people. And uh, yeah, it, it's not perfect. There's, there's wrinkles that we need to iron out, but I think we have, we have enough dedicated people and, and concerned people to try to make that happen. And uh, so thank you very much for having me on your show, Dan. And y'all, uh, y'all are amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm so happy that I've gotten to watch both of you grow from a distance. And, and it's, it's really heartwarming to um, be, be joining you guys on the show and, and begin making uh, content out there and hopefully people benefit from it. So um, it's really good work you guys are doing. Excellent. Thank you guys so much. This was great. And thank you listeners for watching this show. Remember to, I say listeners and then watching the show because whatever you can do both. Remember to always keep wanting the truth and I will see you next time.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.